welcome. This is a super important podcast about hair. Question mark. Featuring Ryan Teal and Stephen Adams as your co-hosts. Let's begin. I hope, yeah. I didn't get to do a lot of research here on Anthony. I was trying to. It's been a like crazy busy day today. I know. I I actually have actually even set up a. That was something I was going to talk about too. Is that like, you know, if we're talking about social media, what 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 can we do? You know, to help build our social media during this time of crisis. During you know during the. You know, we shouldn't be day drinking every single day. And oh God, yeah, no, I haven't been at all. Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I have. Um, I've had a beer maybe for lunch, but I've been like, I've been still pretty much working pretty much 10 to seven every day. Really? Either. Um, yeah. It's like today I've been working on emailing customers and setting up, like we're going to be doing take home color kits that look like this. That's cool. So they're pre-packaged, made by a company called DP Hue, which is based out here out of Minneapolis. Um, they're just for gray coverage. So I've got a bunch of those, taking a little risk and just doing them. So that way people can just do their hair, do their gray retouches at home and just kind of like go from there. You know, if they're going to buy it, which they're going to, why not? Why not? Exactly. So I'd rather them buy it through me. So yeah. I've already sold probably, I think we were up to about seven or eight of them. And I just posted it yesterday. So I built a store for them, been doing those. So I got to get that stuff all set and ready and like doing recommendations for people. I only picked like four colors. They have like six. I didn't get do black. I didn't do super dark brown. And I didn't do any of the reds because again, it's only for gray coverage. Someone else was like, well, I really... Can I just use it to cover my my lighter roots? I'm like, I wouldn't recommend it. I'd only use it on gray hair. Oh, hey. Hey, Anthony. What's up, guys? How much is going on with you? Not much. Bored out of awesome. my mind, you know, like oh, everybody man. else. I, w- <laughs> I was just saying, like, I'm trying not to be bored out of my mind and try to make it like a regular work day. Anthony, do yeah. you know who I'm Stephen? We have not um, actually met. Howdy. My name is Stephen Adams. Uh, from nice Minneapolis. To meet you, Anthony. Yeah, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, salon owner, co-host on this. I don't know. I also yeah. work on Ryan's international team. Yeah. He is oh, cool. He no. is my international team though. <laughs> That's about it. Nice. Oh. Well, nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for being on so, here. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring you on because uh, the other day you had mentioned that you were you were closing on, uh, you know, for the for the coronavirus. You you uh, had mentioned that. And I I just want to talk to my friends and see how they're doing it, what their plans are, how they're going to get through, you know, this and what they're doing to, uh, you know, prepare for for you know when the quarantines are lifted. You know, so that's kind of why I wanted to bring you on is because you know not only do you have a a, a great barber shop, but also you're you're a partner in in um what if i like i've told you a thousand times one of the better uh uh bars in and no they actually in california straight up 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, since we have not um, met, Anthony, can you tell me just a little bit about yourself first and kind of go over like who you are, what you do? Um, I don't know. Anything you want to yeah. think is pertinent. That'd be super awesome. Um, uh, my name is Anthony Giannotti, Anthony the Barber 916 on social media. Uh, I've been a licensed barber since 2006. Uh, I started in the industry a little bit differently. I started making my own hair product in my kitchen when I was 19, so about 2003. And in, uh, you know, selling it on MySpace and selling it, going in and out of salons and barbershops trying to sell the product, I fell in love with the industry and went back to school, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, to get licensed to cut hair. I opened my first shop in January of 2009, uh, which was, was, <laughs> not anymore, uh, the worst uh, economic day since the Great Depression, since the beginning right. of the Great Depression, yeah. worst economic month since the beginning of the Great Depression. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I opened, I averaged three haircuts a day. Um, it's now, that place is now 11 years old, which is at our 11th anniversary of January. Um, after a few years of that, you know, the shop was so busy. I, I wanted to make another move, but I wasn't really sure what to do because I didn't want to open just another Anthony's. It's Anthony's Barbershop. Okay. Um, and I had kind of, I, I grew up in Chico, so I grew up around the Sierra Nevada culture. And obviously, Chico is known for like two things, right? Partying and Sierra Nevada. College. So I've always been... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so I've always been around alcohol, so I was very interested in the bar scene and spirits and beer and wine and all that kind of stuff. So a friend of mine approached me with an idea to open up our barber shop. Uh, this was 2013. And I think Blind Barber had like a location or two at the time. Um, and I I'd got to do a guest spot there and I was like, I love that. That's a great idea. I don't want to do it like them, like a, a speakeasy type bar, but I've always said that bar culture and hair culture are very, very similar. We're selling fun and confidence, right? Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how good, you know, our Jack and Coke is or our four on the sides parted on top is. It's about how we make that customer feel. Yeah. Some of the more, you know, complex haircuts and drinks and things like that definitely skill level comes in. But um, really what we're selling is just like fun and making people feel good. Um, so I thought the two worlds would marry very well together. Um, at the same time, I'd actually stopped doing my original um, uh, product line to start playing music again and to, um, I really wanted to learn to be a, a, a really good barber. So I'd focused on that. And by that point, right around 2014, I kind of was like, what else can I do? Uh, That's a little more scalable, you know, barbershop bar you know bar bar has a higher ceiling on it than a barbershop but that's still got a ceiling on it you can only make so many drinks a night and only open you know so many hours a day so i uh, i want to do something a little more scalable and i really started thinking about what was my favorite thing in the hair industry and you know i don't get me wrong i love teaching and i love just regular cutting hair but to me my favorite part of a haircut is you know, turning the client towards the mirror, long hair or short hair, and showing them how to capture that picture, right? So they have, nowadays, what we see is 
people show us a picture, right? It's, you know, a lot of times a celebrity, but now with Instagram and stuff gets so big, it's just like a picture they found on Pinterest or Instagram. Right. But they also have a picture in their head of how that haircut is supposed to look on them. So we all have that picture, right? Like, you know, as guys, we know, like when we shave off our beard, it takes a couple of days to like look right to ourselves. You kind of catch a glimpse of your mirror, you're like, oh, who's that? Oh, great. That's still me. Um, or like long hair, big chops and stuff like that. It takes a few days. So I think that showing them how to capture that picture that's in their head is the most important part of the entire haircut process. And the most enjoyable to me is to be able to, like, we can talk about point cutting and fading and channel mm-hmm. cutting. You know, we use this color line and blah, 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 blah. And clients are kind of like, oh, right, all right, cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate it, whatever. But when we can really show them how to capture that picture, that's when we, we win a, you know, a lifetime client. Mm-hmm. So I started doing my own hair product line again in 2014. I've been an educator for about nine years now. I started with um, two very, very different companies, uh, Hattori Hanzo and Exotics. I was the token barber on the Hanzo team. You were a permanent, I I remember that. (laughs) I was the token white guy on the Exotics team. Okay. So (laughs) I learned uh, teaching in two very, very different worlds, barber barber battles, and then usually a higher end salon. I've, uh, what else have I done? I've worked, I was on the original Babylist for Barbers team. I was, you know, I've done work for um, Laywright, Uppercut, Andis, um, helped develop products for some of the bigger companies. I've consulted for Dollar Shave Club. I've done presentations at the Facebook and Instagram campuses. Um, I did open a third location, um, but I figured out I was getting stretched a little too thin. So I, I had my partner on that one buy me out. Um, but I got to say, I mean, I absolutely love this industry. It's given me a lot. Now, I know um, that you got hit pretty hard, what, like two years ago when uh, California passed those uh, legislation uh, legislations. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember exactly what that was, but I remember that uh, I was I was really paying attention to it a, a lot as well. Um, how did that go? I, and, and I was... I was on the forefront of that for a while um, to me. So what happened is California had guidelines basically for if you were a W-2 employee or a 1099 independent contractor, it was a, an 11 point test that if you fell more one way than the other, that's you know what you were supposed to be doing. Uh, but honestly, there was a lot of gray area, but the state of California uh, what, what's what, <laughs> California Supreme Court, that's what I'm looking yeah. for, uh, made a broad sweeping decision to change it to a three-point test for all independent contractors in the entire state, not just hair industry. And it was uh, the first the first prong and the third prong were fairly on par with the 11-point test. The big thing was the second prong that none of us could beat. You can't offer the same service that is the primary business of the business as an independent contractor. And actually that those, what's fascinating to me though, is those are actually federal. Those, those, those three checkpoints have been around for a long time. Cause I know it's the same in many Minnesota too, but yeah, there's like like 20 something other States that use that exact same test. Yep. um, 
Uh, I know like New Jersey is one of them. That's why they can't really have uh, booth owners in New Jersey. Um, I think Pennsylvania was the same. Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, it's just, um, you know, and it for me, it wasn't so much like, oh my God, how am I going to like do this? It was like, holy shit, like this is going to sink a lot of places. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm third generation small business owner. I do have a business degree. I am partners with some very, very smart business people that own, you know, four other restaurants, or three other restaurants. Um, so for me, it was more of like a, hey, like I was the, the canary in the coal mine. Like, okay. hey, everybody needs to be aware of this. All of this just changed and literally no one's talking about it. I guess uh, PBA, Professional Beauty Association, put out an email that most of us kind of ignored because especially in the barber industry, it doesn't really, they don't really talk about a lot of stuff that involves right. us. <laughs> but a friend of mine sent me the article and was like, hey, I hope this doesn't mean what I think it means. So you're a little bit smarter than me so well you read it and i read it and was like shit i hope this doesn't mean what we both think it means so let me send somebody smarter than me i sent to one of my partners and it went up the chain to two two other two lawyers and everybody was kind of like nope this is exactly what it means um so i was just trying to raise awareness and help people figure out ways around not around but to to stay legal so that they, they don't get in trouble because everybody's kind of used to barbering especially being a little bit ignored mm-hmm. but it's been proven in the last 10 years that there are billions and billions and billions of dollars in men's grooming so of course people are going to start coming after it um, we did a big seminar at at the bar uh, with a lawyer and one of my business partners who's pretty much an honorary accountant um, and we kind of got crucified for it i wow. kind of got put through the ringer on that uh, I believe it. I kind of became the classic uh, shoot the messenger. Um, the politicians that was uh, September of 2018, so it was right before another election. Oh wow! And the the Democrats are heavy, you know, um, heavy uh, heavy labor people. So uh, they said there was no. I was told by the leader of the Democratic Party in the state of California that there was no political motivation to get involved. Um, so they kind of left me out to the dry. News kind of turned on me and said that I was exaggerating on things. Um, barbers and hairstylists, some were super appreciative and really like took it to heart and got with a lawyer and figured out how to structure, but people really wanted a one word answer. They really wanted to put on this size of shoe and uh, I can't do that. I mean, for a lot right. of reasons, first of all, it depends on your lease, how you've been yeah. structured, how you've been paying. Um, you know, and then I'm telling people like, well, commission's illegal. Like a 60-40 split in the state of California has always been legal, illegal. Mm-hmm. There's like grayish areas that you can kind of be like, well, their rent fluctuates peak months and yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a stretch. That's a pretty easy veil to pierce. Um, so I was telling people, a lot of people, they're doing their business wrong, not intentionally, but kind of the situation was that they were doing it wrong and I got blamed for it. Um, yeah. And then, and then in 2019, after the elections and the uh, recess for a state legislature was over, um, the politicians came back and were like, we're going to fix this. And well, let's be honest, when do they really ever fix anything? Did they fix um, it? So they, they put into motion AB5. They actually tried to get me behind it, and I uh, 
not so politely told me to fuck off. Yeah. Um, I'm not being crucified for this again. I did my time on this project and got railroaded for it. Right. Um, like I literally had barbers reaching out to me being like, shut up, stop talking about this. If we don't talk about it, it'll go away. And I was like, that is not how law works. Yeah, bury your head in the sand. Everything always goes away. <laughs> yeah. If you just ignore it. Yeah, right. I... <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, well, and speaking of, of like me. burying your head in the sand and ignoring things, I mean, you know, that almost leads me to like, you know, what's going on right now. I mean, you know, the this whole like COVID, you know, Corona thing, you know, and I know that you're working. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's really similar um one of the very heartbreaking things to me about this industry is um it's something we love and hate about it right it's kind of the wild west you can kind of do whatever you want mm -hmm. within reason um and we don't always take as many things seriously as we should as an industry i, I talk a lot about it in my classes like the industry, none of us really fit in the in society's box, right? Like if I had to sit behind a desk and do a nine to five job, like on the computer all day, I'd freak out. Like that's not yeah. that's not me as a person. Yeah. Nothing against those jobs, like that's just not me. Right. And I feel like a lot of people in the industry feel the same way. You know, don't want to pound a cash register, don't want to sit behind a desk, you know, not really into like traditional ways of learning. Um, but we get into the industry and then we sit inside the industry's box you know the industry tells us that um, school right what we're taught in school is that you go to school you start at an hourly place you might skip that and go straight to a beginner place uh, you know you take those two steps you open a salon or a barbershop and then you work there the rest of your career right well if your average beauty student age nationwide is what like 21 or something like that 20 18. so yeah right so like if you take those steps you know like we'll, we'll even give it 10 years to open a salon which is pretty hefty timeline like the average retiring age is now what 65 i think they raised it to um so you're we'll call it 30 right like so you're done like creating and growing your business after 10 years you're gonna like kind of sit for 30 for three more decades yeah they kind of keep us in this cycle um, and not, I don't think enough people really look outside of the box in the industry, you know, do things like, you know, Ryan, what you've done. Um, some of the things I've tried to do and, and, and others in the industry. Um, but I think we, we sugarcoat things to ourselves that like, I think we just look at things the wrong way a lot of times. And that's tough to say to the industry because the industry likes looking at the way things the way they look at it right now mm. you know like people always say like we don't get paid time off we we're on our own for insurance uh but a lot of people don't really understand that like so last last year i took a three-week road trip three weeks she's a girlfriend and i and when i was budgeting everything out like it'll cost me about this much i built in three weeks of pay yeah mm -hmm. you, you just exactly you take care of things yourself or you you employers don't always pay for insurance like in the state of california we're required to match so like we like people still pay for their own stuff for some reason our industry it's this like big like point of contention that like well we do things our way but then we don't have these benefits um a lot of you yeah. know and i've i 
I think that hopefully it, it changes the way a lot of people look at the industry, um, changes people's like this like hand to mouth, cash in hand, like spend every dollar you make kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of the American way in general. Mm-hmm. They say a lot of the stuff I've been reading with my now mass amounts of time to kill um, say that you know, your average American after their bills are paid has a has a thousand dollars in savings and uh you know we love our industry and if if we want to stay in it you know you gotta gotta be prepared for stuff you gotta have a backup plan yeah and uh i I, it really breaks my heart i know i mean i know personally i'm getting blown up by clients trying to get haircuts right like i had a kid that doesn't even follow me i've never cut his hair he does not look familiar at all a kid i mean he's like 21 probably He's like, hey, look, here's the thing. I don't have the virus. Can you cut my hair? Right? We're all like, we want to help people and make people find a little bit of normalcy in what's going on right now. And, you know, we're all in the same boat. Of, even if you do have a savings, you must really know this is going to be over. So it only goes so far. Right. Yeah. Right. So we are, we're, our spending habits are way off and we want to have extra cash and stuff like that. We want to help people, but it's really heartbreaking to see how many people are actually cutting hair and, and yeah. just, you know, a lot of the big, big names and justifying it and not understanding the sooner that like, they're not going to release these shelter in or CDC guidelines until they see a decrease in uh, cases, right. Until cases start going down massively. Uh, so I don't think people really understand that like, part of the big problem with this is it takes two or three weeks to show symptoms and some people never show symptoms. So you can spread it, you know, even going to one person's house or doing a haircut for somebody, you know, like the sooner you stop trying to make a dollar, the quicker all of us can get back to making our actual living. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But for, for us, you, you know, you mentioned like having a plan of what we're, what we're doing. Um, there is a lot of government help right now, a lot of SBA loans, and uh, uh, a lot of cities are doing stuff. I know here in Sacramento, they did um, a zero interest loan program that a bunch of people applied for, um, trying to work with landlords and the state on, you know, deferring rent. Um, depends on your situation and how your landlord wants to handle it uh, a lot of that stuff you know people are deferring uh, uh what am i looking for like uh, electricity and stuff like that and they operate just like a bank you know there's percentage um uh interest so you got to pay yeah, on that stuff on interest um, and everything else just trying to figure out what's the smartest way to like hold on to cash or spend the cash that you do have to spend um helping employees you know if like i do uh, uh, in 2018 i did have to switch the bar bar barbershop to employee based mm-hmm. so helping them with unemployment and trying to maintain the team you know re- reach out to people because you know as as you know owners and whatever like we're we're you know we're we're leaders and that's our our job is to to comfort people that <laughs> exactly, work for us yeah i mean and, you know and help them feel better you know and i got i got on the phone with a couple of my guys yesterday after trump extended the uh the cdc guidelines through the end of the month um to make sure they're all financially all right and uh coming back man that's that's a that's a good question um you know we don't know what it's going to look like 
we don't know as as you know the united states is still shutting down it's still slowing mm-hmm. the engine and every state's handling it different different counties are handling it different um so coming back man i don't know depends on what that looks like uh i really don't think that we're going to get a full green light for just like you know go hang out at bars mm-hmm. right I think uh, the barber barbershops and salons will probably get a pretty decent green light to con- start operating again. Uh, we are considered a high risk industry, um, and I don't know if you caught um, Louie from Barber LA Barber Society. Mm-mm. No, I've um, not seen. She did a, a, a Instagram live the other day uh, talking about some of the loan stuff and stuff like that. But um, they're also saying in the state of California that if a client feels like they got coronavirus from you, they can actually sue you for it. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That That's, I've um, seen that around now. It's fascinating to me too. Cause I was just talking to a friend of mine in Florida and in Florida, they're going County by County determining whether a salon should stay open or not. And in her County, they're actually, she's still allowed to be open. Oh, but wow. Now she's, yeah. Wow. So she's been asking herself, I mean, it was, that was the question she was asking me yesterday is, do I actually be open? And it's that, it's that double-edged sword, you know, right. Balance exactly what everybody's facing right now. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know the best answer for that one. And, you know, uh, we had a really good it's... podcast. We had a really good podcast um, the other day. Uh, Steven and I did when we had a kind of a round table with uh, Douglas McCoy and a few other people in Nick Arojo. And, and Nick said something that like, you know, I, he was saying it in, in not a fear-based, but he was definitely like a warning type s- scenario where I kind of took it as, as uh, exciting. And, and, you know, where he's like, you know, um, there's gonna be, like, we don't know when it's over. The, 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 the amount of, of change that we're gonna go through as an industry, we haven't even seen the iceberg, like the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. And what's awesome about it as well is that he said, you know, if you can make it through the end, there's going to be a lot of people jumping off, but if you can make it through the end of all of these, you know, the, the quarantines and whatnot, um, there's going to be so many opportunities on the other side. Yeah. And so I've been I... looking at it's like, okay, so this is just like kind of a, you know, we're trimming the fat. And like you were saying how, you know, barbers and whatnot, they, they don't want to hear things. And hairdressers as well. They, I mean, oh, how many God. hairdressers do we need that, that don't ever pay their taxes? You know? Right, or claim they make $18,000 a year. Exactly. It's a giant wake-up call for our industry, and it's a, it's a cleansing. And right. I kind of sound I... like a Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver, but it's cleaning up all the garbage. <laughs> off the Just exactly. Hold your forearm it's... over an open flame. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, I was reading something the other day that was saying that a, a restaurant uh, website blog type thing, and they're saying that they're expecting 3% of restaurants to close nationwide during this whole thing, like permanently close. Yeah, right. Which, I which hate is to say, but that's an astronomical. Like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. 3% nationwide. And it's going to be, you know, I mean, fucking Wyoming's not going to close shit. It, you know, it's going to be 18% New York City and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We're well, already like, seeing some of the biggest restaurants like uh Punchbowl Social. Have you yep. guys heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a cooler uh it's a video cool game place to go bar play. place, yeah. right? Cracker Barrel pulled their support. Cracker oh, Barrel owned fifty six percent of the company and said, Nope, we need our capital to be able to keep our namesake open. 
Wow. So wow. Punchbowl Social, there's 19 locations. Don't know if they're going to reopen. I was going to say, there's one in Minneapolis. Uh, so. Yeah, we got one here in well, Sacramento. I know, like... um, and it's, and I, I totally agree. It's going to be the same way in the hair industry. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's trimming the fat. And unfortunately, you know, people are scared or don't want to do it or it's too much work or whatever. But, I, was gonna say, I think Macy's, it's unfortunate that people are going to exit the industry, yeah. but it is going to make the people who stick around stronger and smarter and wiser. Or it'll make more I, I, people go to places that are still actually make it through it. So, you know, people may right. end up, and I, if you I think have deep enough pockets to survive this, that it will actually help grow those businesses. And I, I think it's, uh, at least here in California, right? Very, very liberal, very was one of the first states to shut down you know san francisco had one of the the second most extreme lockdown uh, outside of new york city the first couple of weeks um but i think it's important how you act now i think people are going to remember that how your company acted and yes. what you did mm-hmm. um, almost like a legacy type thing the people that stayed open and tried to cut corners and you know make money here and there and i mean they're saying 100,000, 200,000 deaths. Like this is going to touch a lot of people. So anybody that was not taking it serious and potentially spreading the virus and you know causing more harm, I, th- I think people are going to remember that. Yeah, I, I also know, I, know I certainly people, will. I will. I also think people are going to remember that, like, you know, like right now when we go out, like I talked to my buddy Travis Smith um, uh, yesterday, and, and he's like, you know, uh, every time I go on Instagram now, somebody's doing the live haircut you know, is that really almost appropriate at this point to be doing live haircuts? I mean, one or two of them is okay, but everybody's doing a live haircut right now. Well, right? every manufacturer like, is. Game. Everybody well, is. I feel like we need to have, have communication. We don't necessarily be needed to, to ramping up our, our haircutting education. I think we need to probably be like, okay, we're okay, you're okay, because we're not getting it from our government. If you voted for them right. or not, it doesn't matter. We didn't, we don't have a good orator, you know? No, and, no you're and, right, we don't. Um, I feel like, you know, communicating and, and trying to spread words on how to, how to, you know, stay positive and get through this is almost better than like, you know, here's how to do a balayage when we get back, you know, nine. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, you know, our, our industry is, is very much, um, comforters, caregivers, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, we're a hospitality industry. Like mm-hmm. we, we try to pretend that we're artistic and this, that, and the other, but we're, we're, a, pretty dead on representation of the hospitality industry yeah um and i think it's it's like um you know idle hands are the devil's hands so people are trying to keep busy with either doing the classes or watching the classes and it's it's comforting to people you know it's like yeah like right now like i don't want to watch like in-depth emotional movies like i was literally watching the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla before I got on the phone with you guys. <laughs> I want to check out. Like, no, I'm, exactly. to, I'm absorbing enough negativity and emotion right now. Yeah. So I think that's what it is, but I do see what you're saying that, yeah, a little bit more. And I know, like I said, Louis was trying to do that. And I know um, I work for, I'm a, a shareholder and a champion for Squire Technologies, the booking. And I know they're trying to do some stuff like that. Um, some podcasts and webcasts and stuff about a little bit more of the like financial side and the psychological side of like yeah hang hang in there it's, just, it's definitely gonna get worse before it gets better yeah yeah 
I think it's a good thing that people are trying to help in their own ways, but, you know, also, again, going back to thinking outside of the box, um, how can we help in a different way other than like what you're saying, just a million different, like, I've never seen so many people live on Instagram. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I even made a whole thing on Instagram the other day where I'm like, hey, I will not be on Instagram live whatsoever. <laughs> you went live to say you won't go live. And then, you know, I, I see some, and I was talking, we were talking about this on our, on our podcast the other day, Stephen, where, where I think that education, as we know, it's going to change completely as well. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, because I know that we only have 10 minutes left. But um, education is going to change completely because now manufacturers have seen, oh, wait, we could do video education. Why do we need to have we've, a team of educators? We could just do that. We've been, we've been dancing around that line for several years now. A lot of companies had it in place, but never wanted to implement it started yeah yeah implement there's there's the word man i'm struggling with that's words. all right that's all right <laughs> um, like i know i know hanzo had a bunch of education filmed i know babylis has a bunch filmed like and then olivia you know, zoom is like the best thing ever so mm-hmm. yeah um, they're so all jumping into that line is, it's good say? i mean what did you say, Stephen? I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, I just said every every manufacturer right now is like really, really pumping it out. And they're pumping oh, yeah. out all of their live, you know, all of their online education. And it's definitely it's it's definitely something that it's gonna it's gonna explode that that avenue of education. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I really hope yeah. it doesn't downplay the hands-on education because really truly i as a hairdresser i myself feel that it's best to learn hands-on you know i can watch a yeah, video I mean, for there's, so there's, much right i mean there's yeah people just learn better with hands-on um a lot a lot of people do they don't you know can't listen or can't watch they gotta actually like do it while they're hearing it um I don't know. Yeah, I like. I agree. We're we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of how the industry is going to change. Um, I love it. I love it. I think, I think it's freaking awesome. I think it's the best time on earth to be around. And I think that like this reminds me of the 1920s when we were, you know, in in World War II, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, like like 20, what, uh, 1922, you know, it was like like a huge boom in the economy and and you know we had flapper girls and all that kind of stuff i i, I could be wrong with dates i'm horrible at that shit but, um, I, I, <laughs> well, think, I was gonna I, say 18 1918 to 1920 was the spanish flu um pandemic yeah and then yeah shortly after that then there was a boost of of economy and things changed so I, I think this is the greatest time on earth to be a hairdresser because we're going through this we saw pre you know, Corona and we're going to see post Corona. And if we can make it through, I think it's going to be probably the best time ever to be a hairdresser. This is going to be the biggest black swan event that the, the world has seen in modern history. I agree. Like this is, I've been reading a bunch on it, actually. Um, you know, the black swan, like the, the uh, reasoning behind that is that, uh, you know, it's so rare that the, the mathematical chances of it are actually zero right but it changes society as we know it the only one that we've seen really is well two in my lifetime right the uh, 9-11 and then the financial collapse in 08-09 yeah Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think this is like those two things combined, but without a boogeyman to point at, you know, there's no terrorists, there's no evil bankers, there's just a crazy world event that we're all going to live differently from afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So the last question we typically like to ask any of our our, uh, uh, guests, and we haven't done that in a couple of times because we've had such an urgency with with the virus and whatnot, but I do want to ask you, so uh, usually we'd say like, you know, top 10 albums on a deserted island, but obviously you're on a deserted island. I was going to say, it's quarantine time now. You're quarantined. What are you going to listen to? Yeah, yeah. What's, what's your quarantine playlist? Um, I've actually, I like that question. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of um, Gaslight Anthem, 59 Sound is one of my favorite albums. Um, I actually... I don't know how many people know this, but I'm actually a huge like country music fan. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like old honky tonk stuff. Not really okay. any like the modern day radio stuff, uh, but I've been listening to a lot of Dwight Yoakam. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually yesterday put on uh, one of my friend's band's album. I've been listening to that the last couple of days. Um, the Secretions, Faster Than the Speed of Drunk. Okay, I haven't heard. Uh, <laughs> Uh, actually, Mac Miller's last album, okay. Circles, is really good. Uh, I didn't listen to that before. That is really good. Uh, yeah, and they're they're like swimming and circles. It's supposed to be a double album, swimming and circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last note of the last song on swimming rings out, and that's why the first song on circles starts with music with already. There's no like lead into it. Oh, nice. interesting. Um. Yeah, what else have I listened to? Uh, a lot of punk rock, you know, with what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, kind of been singing about it for a few decades now. Like uh, uh, old school punk rock, or like a like a like nineties. Yeah, punk? yeah, a little bit of both. I've been listening okay. to a lot of uh, Rancid, and then okay. I actually rewatched that CBGB's movie that came out in oh, the yeah. uh, great one, like twenty thirteen or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of Dead Boys and Blondie. Okay, good, good. The only downside to that movie is Taylor fucking Hawkins played Iggy Pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate, I hate that dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why do you hate that dude? Yeah, it's like, what's well, up with that? Me, he used to beat me up. Uh, what, he was my bully in middle school. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about that. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> he, 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 ripped, he ripped a brand new Iggy Pop shirt once because he's like, who's Iggy Pop? Some sort of faggot? And then ripped my shirt. <laughs> and then he played Iggy Pop in a fucking you know, CBGB you know, uh, movie. So. Oh, you got to track down his phone number and tell him that story, man. <laughs> So uh, uh, if you like country, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend uh, you should pick up uh, Cody Jenks. I was gonna just say the same thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh, he I, I evidently went to high school with his with his wife. Oh really, man? Who don't you know? <laughs> he knows everybody. That's the hairdressing industry, though, right? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I do want to I do want to say one more thing before sure. before we uh, take off here. Um, I didn't want to give. Uh, Squire a little plug um, they're doing a whole bunch right now to try to help which I think is is very very good and very important uh, they're suspending all subscription payments through September they're offering uh, free email blast and text blast to your entire client base which 
email is usually free, like a MailChimp type thing, but the text blast actually does cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're absorbing that. They put up a website to help uh, haircutters in each state, like find resources for loans and uh, oh, what the guidelines are. Uh, and a few more things coming down the line to help. And we're actually at Victory Crown. I'm just waiting for some stuff to clear Shopify. Everyone's trying to sell right now. So they're super backed up. Oh, yeah. uh, but we're going to be doing a massive uh, influencer program for uh, barbers and hairstylists anywhere in the country. Um, you promote Victory Crown with your unique promo code. Um, 10% off goes to the client. And then the remainder of our profit will go directly to uh, the the person that sold it to the individual barber or hairstylist. So they should be able to make 10 or 12 bucks per per can sold, depending on which product it is. Awesome. Trying to uh, do the right thing and help out. On the, uh, on the Spotify, uh, not on Spotify, but on the, uh, the podcast. And let's put it up on our Instagram as well. Cool. Yeah, Thank you. Appreciate that. What was the name of the, the website again? For the appointments? Yeah. Uh, it's getsquire.com. Getsquire.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah thank you, and, Anthony, uh, thank so you much. Steven. Thank you so much again for listening to